Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. On today's episode, we're going to listen in on a recent conversation between Scott Becker, founder and publisher of Becker's Healthcare, and Mohan Giridharadas, CEO of LeanTOS. Here, they talk about the challenges, solutions, and future horizons in infusion center operations. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This is Scott Becker, publisher of, of Becker's Healthcare, Becker's Hospital Review. Uh, I'm, uh, we're here with the chief executive officer of LeanTOS, Mohan Deridas, brilliant, brilliant leader. And we're going to talk today about navigating infusion center operations, challenges, solutions, and future horizons. LeanTOS has developed a tool that's probably the leading tool in infusion center operations, uh, applying sort of logistics, systematic operations to infusion centers. Mohan, before I talk further, let me ask you to take a second to introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about what Wingtas does in the infusion center area. Thanks, Scott. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm Mohan Girdardas, the founder and CEO of LeanTAS. LeanTAS uses AI, machine learning, and sophisticated data science and mathematics to unlock capacity in health systems. We believe that unlocking capacity is asset-specific. You've got to go asset by asset. So our first product was IQ for infusion centers, which unlocks capacity in infusion centers to serve more patients and reduce their wait times. The second product is IQ for operating rooms, which unlocks capacity in the OR. And our third product is IQ for inpatient flow, which unlocks capacity and improves patient flow through the inpatient units. So that's kind of how we operate, uh, Scott. Thank you very much, Mohan. In this discussion today, we're going to talk about one of the most critical healthcare spaces, which is infusion centers. These centers are responsible for delivering life-saving services, almost always when people are under tremendous pressure, tremendous stress, and there's tremendous pressure to treat more patients with making the most of the, of the scarce resources that are out there, and as importantly, the scarce specialty staff. Today, we're going to talk about these operations that are so complex and how AI can help and, and, and what the future of these operations will look like. So, so that's the that's the discussion we're going to tee up today. Wingtos currently works with over 600 infusion centers, including more than 80% of the National Comprehensive Cancer Network and 50% of NCI members. What are you hearing from leaders on the ground in infusion centers and oncology about what they're seeing in their facilities? What are you hearing? Operational excellence in infusion centers continues to be very important. The volume and the growth our customers are experiencing is significant. Some of it might be because of all the screening tests that were deferred and delayed during the couple of years of the pandemic are now coming out. So the amount of new cancer diagnoses and therefore new patients needing infusion uh, is growing, which means that infusion centers need to be able to see more patients even while they have staffing challenges. And so this challenge of continuing to operate well while you're experiencing growth and you've got a shortfall and challenge on the staffing side keeps them up at night. And so they welcome getting expert help in streamlining uh, their operational processes such as scheduling and patient assignments and so on. So we've got a, a vibrant dialogue with every one of our 600 infusion centers on a regular basis. No, it's it's fascinating. And you've been at the space for some time. You pioneered the first, Lintos did, and you, the first artificial intelligence machine learning solution 
for infusion centers. It addresses capacity management. It's still the absolute market leader. Talk to us about how you first realized this was a critical space and a critical challenge and how you've been able to adopt and shift that solution over time to, to really meet customer and market needs. Talk to us a little bit how you got into this to begin with, and it's such a critical spot. I vividly remember how we got started. It was mid-2013, so it's been more than 10 years now. I was in Dr. Shishadri's office at Stanford Healthcare. He ran, and he still runs their entire cancer program for Stanford Healthcare. He's an ex-GE guy, and so he knows operations and flows. And we were brainstorming on his whiteboard to understand what he put forward as a simple proposition. Why is it that my infusion centers are empty in the morning and empty late afternoon, but are jam-packed in the middle of the day? And waiting patients are spilling out into the hallways. There's no room for them to sit in the waiting rooms, et cetera. And so he said there has to be a way. And so we, on his whiteboard, we were brainstorming what it would take. How do you level load chair occupancy instead of having this crazy rush hour where there are no chairs in demand early and late, but this mid midday rush hour. Now, in those days, Leantas was not yet a pure healthcare company. We were in multiple industries. And we pivoted to becoming a pure healthcare company only towards the end of 2015 uh, after Sanjeev joined us as our chief operating officer. So what we had done was we had built an optimization algorithm to allocate dealers to tables in a major casino, okay? Uh, completely out in left field compared to this problem, but that's a hard problem because you've got multiple tables, you've got different games, you've got poker and you've got blackjack and you've got uh, in the various games. They're 24-7. There's a varying roster of how many tables come on at each hour of the day. Two o'clock on a Monday afternoon, 10% of the tables are active, but at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, 100% of the tables are active. And dealers have different skill levels for different games. If you put a rookie dealer to a high roller table, it would be disastrous for the casino. They would lose the customer and they would lose a lot of money. So what we had done is we'd built a demand prediction module and we'd built a constraint-based optimization algorithm that helped guide their schedules for when tables should open and when how dealers should be assigned. And so when Dr. Shishadri and I talked about that, we said, hey, maybe we can take a similar approach. And level load chairs by predicting patient volumes. It took us six to nine months to develop the algorithms to get the data science right. It took us another six months to get it stable. And the results were stunning. A 10 to 15% increase in capacity, a 40 to 50% reduction in patient wait times, and just a massive improvement in nurses actually being able to take their lunch breaks. And so we said, look, we've solved an incredibly hard problem in an incredibly elegant manner. And it's applicable to every infusion center in the country, if not the world. And so we then pivoted the company to focus exclusively on healthcare. We got rid of everything else we were doing. And in 2015, 2016, we were an infusion company. That's all we were building. Uh, the OR product and the inpatient product came later. Now, if you think about what's happened there, that was one infusion center with 50 chairs at Stanford. Today, it's 600 infusion centers and 13,000 chairs. And so what's happened over that growth is we've encountered hundreds of corner cases, which are unique. The way they put chairs into pods, how pharmacy works, how shifts work, how primary nursing works, how linkages between the clinic and the center work. Each corner case required us to study the problem, solve it, but then do it in a generalized manner. We couldn't build custom solutions for each infusion center. So just like Google's got one search algorithm for the world, we had one body of code for every infusion center. And so now we've got a 100-person team 
solely focused on optimizing infusion centers. And so nobody's got anything even remotely close to the level of expertise that we've built sustained over a period of time. And Stanford is still a customer of the product 10 years later. In fact, they recently signed a 10-year extension to their contract uh, just as a, as a commitment that this is really working. We optimize all of their chairs. And if you think about the top five or six cancer institutions in the country, MD Anderson, Memorial Sloan Kettering, Johns Hopkins, UC Health, UCSF, we optimize all of their chairs as well. Mohan, absolutely fascinating. And that, that you've been solely in healthcare since Sanjeev joined you 10 years ago almost and, and really focused there with infusion centers being the first sort of use study or case uh, coming out of Stanford. What a fascinating history. Fascinating on the casino operations and trying to understand, right, if you put a great dealer at a $5 table versus a poor dealer at a $2,000 table, $1,000 table, what a debacle that might be. And you talk about the 24-7 nature, but what a fascinating analog fascinating. I've always heard you guys talk about the airlines analog. To hear about the casino analog is also fascinating. Taking us further into infusion centers, why is it so important to solve, to use AI to solve infusion center operational challenges rather than relying on the current workflows that people use or systems like the EHR? Why is it so important to use AI in, in powered solutions like Lean Tossier versus the traditional you know, workforce, paper, EHRs, et cetera? Uh, this is a deceptive problem, Scott, because at the surface, you would think infusion is easy. Someone sits in a chair, you connect the pump to the drugs and pump it into their body for two or three hours and they're done. How hard can it be? Well, even for a 30-chair infusion center, the optimization space is very large. If you looked at all the possible ways you could have scheduled the day of 70 patients in 25 chairs, it's a number with more than 100 zeros behind it, okay? So you, no one can do it mentally. It requires demand prediction, hundreds of constraints, uh, and an algorithm to come up with the optimal allocation. And even after you optimize it, the solution drifts. It's not a, it's not a once and done problem because patients only need oncology for six or eight weeks. So the patients are constantly changing. The mix changes, oncologists are added to the staff, the regiments change, the nursing schedule changes, the chair capacity changes. So everything is changing all the time while the math problem does, it remains as complicated. So it takes sophisticated AI to continuously monitor the predicted versus actual and gauge when it is time to tweak the templates. Now, why can't EHRs do it? EHRs are just built on a faulty assumption. They treat the chair as a resource and the appointment as a reservation on that resource. So if Scott Becker has got an 8 to 10 appointment, they take chair number one, block out 8 to 10, and say, Scott, that looks logical. It looks beautiful. It's like a calendar. That works for tennis courts. Because in a tennis court, if Scott's got the tennis court 8 to 9 and I have it 9 to 10, we both understand that I'll be kicking you off the court at 9.01 and there are no hard feelings on any side. Infusion, you're not kicking anybody out of a chair halfway through their treatment. And so this method of creating these grids is hopelessly inadequate. And so what the EHRs have done is they've prettied it up. They've made the snap boards look prettier. There's drag and drop into the calendar, but they're all calendars and slot filling. Nobody's doing any mathematics underneath it, right? In fact, recently Epic announced at its user group that they're going to be optimizing templates and they're working to identify pilot sites which means they're starting now 
on an optimization journey that we pioneered 10 years ago, right? And we've sharpened our understanding with hundreds of corner cases across 600 infusion centers. And there's no shortcut around that. So even if they were to invest huge amounts of resources against it, the best they'll get is two or three years from now, they'll have something like we had seven or eight years ago. And meanwhile, we continuously innovate. Our software is cloud-based, it's not on-premise. So we push new functionality into production every few weeks. EHRs make a release once a year. And even then, hospitals don't move to the new release. And the, the final thing that makes the complexity come to life is, this is not a problem you can throw software over the wall and have people do it. The TAS in Lean TAS stands for transformation as a service. So our teams work side by side. I mean, we still meet at Stanford continuously, even though they've been on our product for 10 years. So our teams stay with customers for the duration of the relationship and continuously guide them on getting more out of it. So those are reasons why an EHR workflow just simply isn't going to do it. Thank you. No, it's literally fascinating to sort of look at that and, and the, 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 the people you have working on this every single day for a 10-year period to make it better every single day, that constant sort of improvement process and in, in the in the working closely with people, software as a service versus throwing software at them, this transformative as a service, fantastic. Talk about this. I know that you recently conducted a survey, Lintas did, of 100 different infusion centers and found that two out of three are still really struggling with staffing shortages. And I'm surprised it's not more than two out of three. But based on stats like that, what is the best way for infusion centers to address the reduction in staff while also providing the same level of quality service and patient care? Like they're short on staff, but, but how do you keep on getting better even with staff things in such short supply and so many challenges? Mohan? Yeah, no, this is a, a great issue. So what we've done is we've incorporated staffing optimization into our core product. So we are able to predict the nursing workload based on a variety of factors, acuity of patients, duration of the treatment, nursing coverage guidelines, et cetera. Infusion is a lot like a plane taking off, right? During takeoff and landing, the pilots had better be in their seats and focused. Mid-flight, the pilots can step out and we do see them stepping out from time to time, right? So at the start of an infusion and at the end of an infusion, the nurse-patient ratio is one-to-one. -one. They're on top of the patient, making sure that the chemo gets started right and wrapped up right, right? In between, a nurse may cover three or four patients, but that varies by center. Some centers will have a three-to-one ratio. Some will have a six-to-one ratio. So our algorithms do not try and second-guess their clinical judgment or their oncology expertise. We live with their constraints but we provide intelligent recommendations based on their clinical coverage models as to how we should do this. We then, this, the next part of it is, how do you assign a patient to a nurse, right? Some people try simple things like primary nursing. If patient X has always got nurse Y, it's very reassuring for them to have the same nurse every time they come in. Well, that's nice, but sometimes it's not optimal because the nurse may be busy, the patient load may be higher that day. So we figure out the optimal allocation. And we've been building this functionality for years, but we just completed a huge uh, upgrade in real-time patient assignments, which will make nurse uh, life easier for the nurses because every day you've got add-ons, delays, cancellations, and no-shows that make it difficult to decide which nurse takes which patient at what time. And that's what we are doing. And this functionality is going to be available to our entire customer base 
over the next three to six months. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating what you're doing here. In, in, in the same survey about shortages of staff, you also found that notwithstanding shortages of staff, everybody's trying to increase at least 50% of infusion centers of course, to that 49% of the stat you had are actually trying to pursue growth and expanding the service lines, you know, post-pandemic and oncology and infusion centers are still a very important part of healthcare operations and revenues, and it's a critical service line. Talk to us about how COVID, post-COVID uh, infusion center dynamics, what do they look like and how do you accommodate the increase in patient demand? Talk a little bit about how that happens. Right. Start, let me step back to the middle of COVID. The middle of COVID itself was challenging because, and this is where transformation as a service kicks in. We suddenly had distancing guidelines that, that people should not be less than six feet next to each other. We helped infusion centers re-optimize their schedules where every alternate chair was empty, right? And that required a new thing. So, so we went through that period and now we've come out of it one staggering statistic, in 2023, there were 2 million cancer diagnoses, which means 5,000 a day, just in 2023 alone. Now, a bunch of these were probably because people skipped their screening tests in 2020 and 2021 and parts of 2022. And so all of that's coming home to, uh, you know, roost in terms of extra volume. So oncology is a growing service line for most health systems. It's a destination service line for the, you know, highly reputed cancer programs. But Infusion is obviously a critical part of the service offering in oncology, right? You've got infusion as one, medical oncology is one way of solving it. You've got surgical oncology and you've got radiation oncology. So it's obviously a very important thing. So as we look at our customers, most of them are experiencing a four to 6% growth, some much, much bigger. And our challenge is to help them absorb this growth without compromising their safety and without compromising the patient experience, right? In terms of uh, excessive wait times, et cetera. And the biggest dynamic post-COVID is the staffing challenge, which you talked about. And so by doing this patient assignment and dynamic nurse allocations, et cetera, we are helping our infusion customers manage the staffing crisis as well. Both manage the capacity of the staffing crisis in a, in a hugely improved, efficient way that allows them to much better utilize the assets and people that they have Currently, Lintas works with, I think, upwards of 30% of the infusion centers in the country. I mean, that's literally you know, an amazing stat, and it goes through the expertise that you've built in this area and the focus. How have your solutions helped infusion center nurses and leaders, and what's the ROI? What's the return on investment a typical infusion center could see after implementing the Lintas system? The typical impact we see is on three fronts. One is the ability to increase the effective capacity of the infusion center so that they can absorb the growing treatment volume. Whether you measure it as patient hours of infusion administered or just patient volume, number of patients we saw, they can absorb that growth without adding to their hours and going later into the night or going all day on Saturday and all day on Sunday or adding as many staff members as they otherwise would. Otherwise, if you saw 10% growth and they were forced to add many more staff, that would be a problem. So the one bigger thing is the one source of impact is the ability to absorb growth without adding as much as you otherwise would have. The second is the reduction of wait time. And we measure wait time at peak because at 7 a.m. the wait time is zero. So improving zero doesn't make sense. But if you look at 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. as the peak, we can cut that time by 30 to 40%. The wait time at peak. 
right? And even if we sometimes only improve it by 10%, it's in the context of volume going up. So just imagine this. If right at rush hour, the football game ended and 50,000 more fans entered, entered the freeway in their cars and still your commute time went down, you'd say that was staggering. Volume went up, or volume of cars went up by 10%, but my drive time went down despite that. So that's kind of the second thing. And the third and most important thing is just improving satisfaction. Both patients are more satisfied because they wait less and staff is more satisfied because the flows are smoother, right? Fascinating. And, and I wish the traffic example worked as well as the as your products work for infusion centers. I mean, it's, it's literally, we live in the greater Chicago area and traffic as you is just uh, is brutal and, and not seemingly getting any better. Um, but fascinating what you do to try and manage traffic and infusion centers and the supply and demand and throughput. You, you mentioned this a moment ago, the, the satisfaction and unsatisfaction, burnouts at an all-time high for nurses and providers and clinicians. How can utilizing AI, predictive analytics, machine learning, how can that help staff enhance workflows, optimize throughput capacity, and, and get better. How, how can this help? If you think about it, infusion nurses have an incredibly stressful job. They're taking care of patients who are very sick, right? These are cancer patients. They're very sick. Many of them are immune compromised. The drug regimens are complicated. There's always the risk of a patient reacting badly to the meds or someone making a mistake somewhere along the line in the formulation of the delivery of the drug. As a result, they end up missing their lunch breaks a lot. The peak occurs right at lunchtime. Nurses are safety conscious. They're both patient-centric and safety conscious. And they get nervous about leaving a patient alone while complex meds are flowing into their body. So they skip their lunch. Their schedules are unstable. Cancellations, add-ons, no-shows. They're often asked to stay late day after day after day. And it's difficult to run your life when you don't know when you're going to come home. It's difficult to balance your, the rest of your life with school and kids and dinner and things like that. And the traditional methods of scheduling just kept and propagated a rush hour gridlock effect for the last 20 years we've been doing infusion scheduling until we came and, and did it this way. And because we are flattening it, it reduces the stress on them and it helps them predict how the rest of today is going to go tomorrow, this week, next week. And when you're proactive and prepared for what's coming, you tend to be calmer and it tends to be less stressful. Even if it's as challenging a situation, a situation that you were prepared for versus got thrust upon you at the last minute uh, is just much, much easier for them. So that's kind of how we think of our solutions as helping with this topic. Thank you. And as you know, different technologies, either easy to use or hard to use, and sometimes new technology causes a burden to staff that takes a learning curve to get through. Other times you can get staff buying relatively quickly. How do you sort of manage this to get staff to be willing to take on the new AI, the new the new technologies, so it doesn't feel like a burden? It feels like a, a useful, you know, tool, a useful solution. No, change management is an important issue, but the interesting thing we found is the frontline wants to do the right thing. They want to take care of patients. They want them to be safe. They want it to be effective. We just have to make it easy and intuitive for them to do the right thing. And we have to minimize their double work. So there's no separate data entry into our platform versus the EHR. We can absorb the data from the EHR. So we make it easy for them to do the right thing. 
Once we do that, it becomes in their enlightened self-interest to use the tools effectively. It doesn't require a whole lot more change management. Uh, and as we've talked about before, no one from Uber came to my house to apply change management to me. It's just the best way for me to get from point A to point B. I therefore use it all the time. Right. And the, and the more that it becomes simple to use and people see results from it, it becomes a, 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 a virtuous cycle where people use it more and more. Um, it, it, the, the last question I have for you is you authored the book on sort of hospital operations, it, it, better healthcare through math. What do you see as the future, the biggest opportunities and challenges for infusion centers? What, what do you see out there, Mohan? The single biggest operational challenge will just be to do with more, do more with what they have how many chairs they've got and how much staff they've got. In the past, infusion centers could simply build their way out of problems and they would just add more centers, add more chairs uh, and, and not actually get as thoughtful about chairs. They would dedicate chairs to certain diagnoses. They would dedicate chairs to certain practices. So operationally getting sophisticated on how to get the most out of your chairs uh, is important because health systems are facing a lot of financial pressure. Their input costs, including labor, are rising. And so just getting better at asset utilization by learning from what other asset intensive service businesses have done is going to be the most important thing for infusion center leaders. And that's what we're focused on delivering to our customers uh, every single day. Thank you very much. Uh, Mohan Kiradaradas, brilliant chief executive officer of, of Wintas. The, the point that you make, doing more with what we have seems to be exactly the problem that we're facing, if, if not doing more with, with less. 330 million people in our nation, a million 70,000 doctors, 4 million nurses, that ratio is getting worse and worse. So, so I wish you weren't just running wean toss, but you were running the nation's healthcare system and could try and figure out how we take care of I, I more people with, with the resources <laughs> that we have, because that seems to be the crux of the challenge we face. Moan, thank you so much for having the chance to visit with you on, the, on this subject. Just amazing what you you and Wayne Doss have built. Thank you, Scott. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks again, listeners, for tuning into Scott and Mohan's insightful discussion today. I'd like to thank Lean Toss for sponsoring this episode. You can also tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.